0: It's that time of year, you're getting ready to get children back to school and you have a lot to do, you have a lot to get them ready for, they've grown out of their uniform or maybe they are moving to a new class, new school, new environment that can be a panic time for mothers and it can also be a panic time for the children. So how do we as mothers prepare ourselves for getting the children back to school, ensuring our well-being and the well-being of the children? I am Dr. Dinny, the mom empowerment coach, family doctor, best-selling author and the host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. This is where we talk about the realities of motherhood, the good, the bad, the ugly. But also, we share tactics and practical tools that we can utilize to improve our well-being so that we can enjoy this process of motherhood while ensuring that our well-being of mind, body, soul, and spirit are optimized and our children can also learn to optimize theirs as they watch us. So today, we're talking about well being in the preparation for going back to school so sit back grab your favorite drink if you're driving have a good listen and make sure you come back and listen to this again there are some nuggets that will be shared and you'll need to take some notes so don't forget to subscribe share this with your friends and download this episode as well so let's dive straight in I recall the first time my daughter was going to school. Now, this was going to preschool. So she was leaving home for the very first time. I was very anxious. I wasn't particularly sure if she was, but I believe that at a point when we were to get to school, that she was going to maybe run to me, hold me, cry. But as soon as I got to the nursery where I was dropping her off for school, she jumped out of the buggy, ran straight into the class, and I stood there with my jaw dropped. (laughs) I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I was in shock. So I thought, okay, I'll wait another 30 seconds. Maybe she would realize, oh, my goodness, I've just left my mom. Uh, Let me go greet my mom and give her a hug and say, mommy, I miss you. that did not happen. So I took the push chair, went to park it. I thought maybe she would I would hear a voice saying, Mommy in the background, but no, I didn't. So there I was, walking very slowly away, not hearing mommy in the background. And I left the building feeling very strange. And actually, I was actually feeling quite sad as well. My baby was growing up, but then I had another baby in my tummy and I was just thinking, Oh wow, I can't believe this is happening. My children are growing, you know, it's beautiful when you see them grow. So whenever you start a new phase in your life or in their life, it has an impact on you as well. There's sometimes that you will be the one that is anxious. Or you are the one that is worried like I was. Or sometimes that is the child that might be anxious or worried. We need to prepare for all of them. Now, fast forward, my children have gone through different stages of starting school. But it is time to go back to school. And there are transitions that occur at different stages. The way your child will react when you're starting, say, nursery school, might be different from the way the child will react if they're starting primary school or high school or university. So I'm going to share with you a few things that I have come across in my interactions with other amazing mothers and also personally in my journey where people are getting ready to start school and there is that inner panic that sometimes is translated outward. So when I was having a discussion with a few friends of mine preparing for school, there was that panic of, Oh my goodness, I've not got the uniform yet. (laughs) And I don't, I don't know if this has ever happened to you where the summer um, term ends and you say, okay, I'm preparing for the next term, the next academic year and you buy the uniforms and then somehow one week before school is due to resume, you have this nudge that says, go check that uniform. And then when you go check the uniform, guess what happens? It's small for the child. It's now tight. And then you go, oh dear, I need to get another uniform. (laughs) That happened to me. And so I decided that rather than hurry immediately When the school breaks for summer, I wait a little bit before I get uniforms. That is a useful tactic that has worked for me because I have noticed that children tend to grow during summer. The second thing I also found was, apart from the uniforms, all the activities, clubs and extracurricular that your children would want to do in that academic year are planned just before the year starts because once school starts, it becomes hard to plan all these things in. And sometimes you need to also do an audit. There are some activities that the children perhaps used to do in the last academic year and now they are not interested in it anymore. Take them out. What that does for you is that it frees up some of your time as a chauffeur or it frees up some of your time in the planning for that activity in case it's happening during school hours. And also it frees up their time so that they can rest in between school or in between other activities they're doing. Another thing that I have found that many mothers talk about as we prepare for school is the friends, the group of people that will be with your child. Are they people that are going to be in the same class that they know? Especially if you're moving within the same school you were the previous year, you wonder about your next class and who's going to be in your class and who's going to be your class teacher. That has been an element of anxiety for many parents and also many children as well. But one thing I'm very lucky about is the school where my children were going to did something remarkable. The week before the breakup for summer, they would have a tryout of the next class. So they will know what class they're going to, who their classmates are going to be, and also the class teacher as well. So they prepare their minds over the summer holiday for the next term. If perhaps your teacher or you're in charge of a school Try that. It might also be something that helps the anxiety level of parents and children as they prepare to get back to school for the new academic year. Another very useful thing that many mothers also talk about is the gathering of other parents and the connectivity that is created. Now, the reason why I share that is because People move from place to place, they change jobs, situations change, children change schools in the middle of the academic year and sometimes you might have a new person in your class or you might be a new person in another school and you might not be used to what's happening in the environment. As the child is trying to settle into class, you as a parent are trying to make new friends with people who would probably be parents or friends of your child. So building those relationships is key. Sometimes some schools have this parents-teachers association that you could be a part of. And that's another way for you to grow, for you to be involved in your child's activities. I remember being um, part of the parent society for my children's school. And it was really nice being able to see the way other parents went about their own preparation for school, extracurricular activities, and also we were able to plan activities for the children and improve their experience while in school. That is the role of a leader. And we as mothers, we are leaders and we need to be involved. Now, I do know that many mothers are running the business working a nine-to-five, and you may not have time for activities like that. Please do not feel that you have to. That is the reason why it's also important, if you don't have that, to have a network. Sometimes it could be a WhatsApp group or, or some telephone group whereby you have the number of certain parents in your child's year group, and you can Communicate with them, talking about maybe deadline for projects or homework. That helps you to help your child stay on track and focus. Because sometimes the children forget to tell us that there is a sports day coming up, there is a deadline, or there is an activity they need to dress up for, and they tell you the night before, "Oh, mommy, I'm supposed to dress up as a mushroom tomorrow." And you go, "Oops, I do not have a mushroom costume at home," so. Those kind of groups really, really help. So forming those groups is very, very key. So these are certain things that many mothers have talked about, but it still does not negate the fact that some people are still worried. Parents are worried. Children are worried. And sometimes they don't even know why they're worried. Now, of course, in the era of growth and development, as children get older and get into the teenage years, we have lots of changes. They are experiencing life differently and the hormones start to express themselves. That is a huge change because not only is their body changing, their hormones changing, they're also getting ready perhaps to go to high school or go to some other level within high school or even going to university or college. At that point, things might be a little less clear. They might express their frustrations, anxiety, or stress levels in different ways. We need to be open to that. We need to be aware of that. And we need to be able to encourage them to voice their opinions, to feel safe, to be able to express how they feel or what frustrations they are experiencing so that you can be a sounding board. Sometimes you might be able to give advice if they require advice. Sometimes you just need to be a shoulder to cry on, a shoulder to lean on, or a, a person to hug them, or a listening ear. We have these roles as mothers, and we need to Allow our children to know that we are there for them. So I'm going to go through a few things that you might notice in your children as you're preparing for school. And as you're preparing for school, you might notice a few things that they do differently from when they were in the middle of the holiday. I recall there was a day my son had woken up and he normally wakes up quite early. But of course, later than I do, I wake up really early and he wakes up shortly after and he's very keen to do activities and um, get right to business. So while we were doing our different activities and he was walking beside me, he was right beside me doing his own work and I was doing mine. He looked at me, smiled and then said he was going to have breakfast. I was so excited for him. I said, go have breakfast. So he went, did all that, and came back and looked at me again. And I thought to myself, this boy is getting a little bit bored. So at that point, I suggested to him, why don't we go and wake your sister? He says, no, let's leave her to sleep. She's enjoying her sleep. So I said, you know that this is obviously the holidays. And yes, it's good to leave her to sleep. But when the school year starts, she's not going to be able to sleep for this long. And so he said, yes, let us let her enjoy the holiday. Now, I do not know if you have a child like that, that if left to it, they can sleep till 12 noon. <laughs> I definitely, I had a sibling like that. I have a child like that. It's just amazing having that kind of experience. But don't, we need to also be aware that when the school year is coming, we need to help them to get back into the balance of waking up on time so that they don't feel stressed out or start to resent school because they're having to wake up early. So do allow them to sleep in every now and again. But when it's getting close to the time for school, you can get an alarm clock. You can kind of ease them into this routine of getting to bed early so that they can wake up early. So these are certain things that I found very useful. So one of the ways that um, children express their anxiety or stress as they are preparing to get back to school is um they could be more clingy sometimes they do not want to let go of you now my daughter when i got to drop her at school she wasn't clingy but when it came to another era in her life at another school she was clingy so was my son and when we see things like that We just need to open our senses to be aware of what's happening. Are they clingy because they obviously don't know the environment? Or is there something happening in that new environment? Children, especially the very young ones that may not be able to express what is going on with their actions, will be able to tell us when they are concerned, when they are unhappy and when they do not want to be in a certain place. It can present with being more clingy. Another way is when they um, are quite restless and they've struggled to concentrate. And so you you that can be quite um, uncomfortable to see, especially if you are maybe working from home, you're running your business, you're on a call or a business meeting, and then your child comes and says, Mommy, I want this, and Mommy, I, I need that. And when you think about it, you go, okay, I've just got something for you to do. Can you go and do that? And they don't want to. Sometimes that can also be a sign that they are getting quite restless because they are not as excited to go back to that routine of school. And then the other thing they can do is being upset or being angry and become tearful easily or become angry or throw a tantrum. That is sometimes seen with the teenagers, the um, ones that have the hormones all over the place. They could be a little bit more upset for very little things. And it's just that idea of being able to allow them to open up. They may not open up immediately. You might just give them some space, And then they will open up to you to say, oh, I'm not happy about this. or maybe this happened to me or this is something that I'm worried about. I remember my daughter had, um, we had a discussion and she was a little bit um, less laughy, jokey, like she normally is. And I thought to myself, she's getting a little bit more upset and giving me a little bit of that attitude. So I kept quiet and I had a look and I had a bit of um, a a stand back. So I didn't go in and say, Why did you talk to me that way? Why are you doing this? Or what is happening? I decided to sit back and just wait and watch. And then she comes up to me and says, Sorry, mommy. I apologize for my behavior. I think I was a little bit um, upset. And then we talked about what is it that's upsetting you? And she was, at that point, we were talking about schools. And she opened up and was able to share her thoughts about her preferences. So you can just imagine, these children, they have a way of wanting to express. Sometimes they do not know how to do it. And if we misread their emotions, misread how they're presenting themselves, that can be detrimental to their health, to our health, to our relationship with them. And then another one is... When they tell you something like, oh, no, I've got a tummy ache. <laughs> I've got tummy ache. Oh, mommy, I have, a, I have a headache. Headaches, tummy aches, they are very, very interesting ones. Because especially tummy ache, when children are saying their tummy is upset, sometimes it can be some um, something physical that maybe they've had or eaten that upset their tummy. But sometimes it could also be emotional. Being aware of how your children react to stress or behave when they are under pressure is very important to note. I know that one of my children has a particular way and the other one has a different way. And that comes and informs the way I perceive their expression. And the, uh, it also helps me to act on the stress factor i identify the stress factor earlier than most people because i understand how they respond to the pressure or how they respond to the stress now this some um, co- definitely comes with being there listening observing and we mothers have got that special instinct within us We have that way of knowing. We have that inner knowing. So trust your guts. Mothers, you have got this sixth sense within you. If something doesn't seem right, don't question it and say, Oh, well, it doesn't seem right. Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm just being paranoid. You never know. Pay attention to it. It might just be that thing that you are able to understand about your child and that would shift things around for them and for you. If you're enjoying this content, please go ahead and share this with other people. This is the Wellbeing for Mothers show, and it's all about motherhood, our journey together, and how we can embrace ourselves as awesome mothers that we are. Because I always say, every mom is a super mom, not because of the super things that she does, but because of the superpowers she possesses within. So even on those days when you're under the duvet crying, You are a super mom. So do not compare yourself to other people thinking that they are better than you. Compare yourself to who you were a moment ago, yesterday, a month ago, a year ago, and see your progress and your growth. So go ahead, share this, subscribe so that you are notified whenever a new episode is released. And if perhaps you're driving or working out or you're going for a walk now, I give you the thumbs up, come back to this episode and listen to it again. You might be able to get one or two nuggets that you would want to implement or suggest to other mothers as well. So let's go right into certain things that we can do as we prepare ourselves and our children for going back to school. I've got a few points that I'm going to share with you. So one very important point is creating routines. We all know that in many schools, this there is a structure. There is the way the day runs, when school starts and when school ends. There is the meal time. There are the lessons and the duration for each lesson. There is a lot of routine within school. During the holidays, especially when they're at home with you, the routine that they are used to in the school setting is very different As a matter of fact, we sometimes think we do not have a routine at home, and in some other um, households, I know sometimes mine is like that. Most of the time during the summer, everything runs amok. We just kind of go with the flow, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're getting ready, a week, two weeks, sometimes some children need three weeks to prepare themselves to get back to school. You start to create a routine, getting them to sleep early. Getting them to wake up early, getting them to prepare for the next day, lay out their clothes, pack up their bags, prepare um, the activities for the following day so that they are getting ready even before they get to school. These are things that would help them to prepare for that routine. Another very important thing is ensuring that they do some movement in their routine, whether it's a play outside, a work a walk in nature with you, or a dance-off. I definitely love a dance-off. And I'm sure you probably heard, hear some tingling every now and again. Maybe it's an, uh, my alarm ringing, it's time for a dance-off, or it's time for this. And I put those little alarms on my phone in very um, awkward times, I would say, because when I'm doing that, I do it in, with the mind of, this particular alarm is for me to remember. I am awesome. I am great. I am loved. Sometimes it's for an affirmation. Sometimes it's for my Kegel exercises. And I mentioned this because many mums forget about Kegel. Kegel is very important. And at some point in our journey together, I will go through the Kegel exercises. I And this has been something that many moms have talked about. So we'll talk about that at some point in the Wellbeing for Mothers show. So having said that, creating routines is number one for you to prepare yourself and your children for going back to school. Now, number two is also very important. And that is especially for children who maybe have some form of neurodiversity or they have are new to a school, an area, like your children are transitioning from nursery to primary school or transitioning to high school, or you have moved area or moved schools. It is very important to get yourself acclimatized to the school environment. And how do you do that? Allow yourself to take your children to and from the school. So if it's perhaps, uh, New school, of course, it's going to be an exciting thing to go and see the school. So you could walk with the child. If it's walking distance, you could go on the bus. If the child is going to be going on the bus, you might want to drive the child. So you drive to and from the school, but oh, this is where you're going to be coming to. And then you say, oh, then let's go um, back. And you kind of bring that awareness to them. That oh school is round the corner, Um, resumption is round the corner, so they can start to prepare their minds and also it lessens anxiety as well for children. For new schools, definitely that is something to do. I have moved um, houses quite a bit and have had the privilege of moving my children and starting a new school for primary school um, for nursery. And going to the school to and fro a few times before school starts have been very, very helpful. The third thing I would like to share with you is so important, and that is you having a positive mental attitude and translating that positive mental attitude to your child. I say this because... When you say school is resuming, sometimes children are annoyed, frustrated, sad, because the time for play during the holidays is coming to an end and they don't want it to stop. Rather than saying, oh, you play too much. You need to get back to school. You don't even know anything right now. Oh, you've forgotten all you learned last year. No, meet them where they are. See, I understand, but the fact that school is getting back does not mean that your play has to come to an end we can still have fun and that is where you can get suggestions from them of the activities they would like to do during the school year maybe in terms of extracurricular at school after school or even with you at home so those are times that you can put that in, but with a positive twist, because yes, they are not going to play as many hours as they used to play when school was out on holiday, but they can still have a positive experience with you. So you translate the positive experience from yourself to them, the positive attitude, mental attitude to them. Another very important thing, which I tend to do with, especially with my son, when he says, oh, mommy, school is about to start. I don't know, my tummy is, uh, uh, my tummy is turning. I said, ooh, it seems like you, you might be excited. Ooh, what does school hold? What's today going to be like? And just putting that positive twist to it, because the way your body reacts to stress or anxiety or worry is the same way it reacts to excitement. Now, imagine on one balance, on one scale, you have worry being a cause of your tummy being upset or you being a little bit lightheaded. And then excitement, which do you prefer? The positive, of course. So excitement is something that is um, a positive tone that you can bring to it and say, oh, that sounds exciting. And you can start to infuse those words. So yes, start with a positive mental attitude, but start saying positive words so that the children start to learn to use those positive words. Okay. And then the final thing I'd like to share with you, and before I share that, make sure that you're subscribed, make sure you're sharing this information, make sure that you're please leaving a review because I'd like to know what you resonate with. And I'd like to know how best to serve you as the mom empowerment coach. So please go ahead, leave us a review. Let me know what you'd like us to talk about and feel free to connect with me on social media as well. So, the final one that I'd like to share with you as you prepare to get your children back to school is to remember that you can ask for help. Ask for help. Help could come from you doing a carpool with someone in your school, a parent who has a child as your neighbor. So, rather than you doing the school run, which can be stressful, you can Make an arrangement whereby they pick up your child, you pick up their children. But of course, this will be someone you have a good relationship with. You can also ask for help from the school if you feel your child is needing some extra support. If your child needs some learning support, most schools have got some learning support systems. If it's from a neurodiversity point of view, you need to also involve your school. The head teacher, and if they've got some special educational needs um, service or department in the school, engage with them. Ask for help. You might also need to ask for help from your doctor, especially if there are some health challenges. This is so important. Remember, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. We all know how stressful school time can be. We all know how stressful things have been lately, and how the stress builds up to give that overwhelm and leading to burnout. And we do not want burnout for ourselves or for our children, because we know the devastating effect it has on our well-being and our relationships, and the well-being of our children as well. So make sure that you are doing that, you're asking for help, you're connecting with people. And that's the reason why I'd like to invite you to join me in the community. So if you'd like to be a part of this community, go down below, click the link, join the club. This is where we all come together. We have these power strategy sessions. We have masterclasses. We have tips and tools and strategies. If you like what you have just heard there's a lot more in the club and not only that you get accountability as well so come and join the club and become a part of this awesome community of amazing super moms changing the world being more in tune with uplifting their well-being of mind body soul and spirit as they do the same for their children I am Dr. Dooney the Mom Empowerment Coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, the best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Super Mom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. Make sure you download this episode and share it with others. Subscribe, and I look forward to seeing you. Until next time, I ask that you stay well.